Hello everyone, this is Sherry Rice. Welcome to Access to Healthcare's weekly podcast, where we bring you local guests on topics of interest for you and your family. Today we continue our series on COVID-19 and the impact on our community. Our topic today is wills and trusts, and my guest is Taylor Jenkins, a local attorney who specializes in estate planning. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you for having me, and good morning. Well, good morning. Um, It seems like the pandemic has caused, in many ways, for us to think about a lot of things, Taylor, a lot of things, Um, and certainly about our own mortality and our end-of-life issues, which uh, for most of us include some sort of estate planning. Um, Let me ask you, because I think it's probably very interesting, how did you get involved in estate planning and why do you enjoy it so much? So uh, many years ago, uh, my family was involved in uh, a trust and there was some uh, uh, contention, if you will. And at that point, I I was working as an IT guy, actually. And um, I realized that there is a a great need to have a well-written trust that can't be um, argued about, disputed, um, and that many of the practitioners, and including my uh, my grandfather's trust, were was not very well written. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I felt that there was a, definitely an opportunity and a place uh, to not only help people but to uh, establish a career. So uh, when I went to law school, my goal was I went to law school in uh, the great state of Texas, and my goal uh, was to immediately come back. As soon as I graduated from law school, uh, my plan was to come back and uh, open an estate planning practice. Oh, and, and come back to Reno? To come back to Reno. Oh, so yeah, you, you grew, grew up, up here? Yes, in Douglas ah. County. Ah, so uh, that's what I did. And so I've been uh, practicing estate planning for about six years now. Uh, and I find it to be uh, enjoyable work in that it's different every day. There's no, There are many tools in our proverbial uh, toolbox, and no one tool will exactly uh, fit every person, and every person's situation is different. And uh, I find that my clients come in and they have a haphazard plan or no plan at all. And when they we get a plan together, we get it on paper, and they review it, and they see that it does exactly what they want it to do, and it's spelled out um, so uh, anybody can really read the document and understand what is supposed to happen. They feel much better, and uh, I, I enjoy that aspect as well. Uh, so there's the analytical challenge of how do I right. I do what uh, – this this person or this client is asking me for, and then there is the uh, altruistic portion of it where they leave and they are happy with with what they've gotten. They know that things are going to be distributed, be taken care of in the way that they want, and they can move on. They no longer have to worry about it. So, well, it seems like Taylor that there would be a real emotional piece to this too. I mean, you're spending time with people who are talking about um, their death and what they want to happen after they die. That that can't be an easy subject for some people. 
Uh, it, it definitely facing one's own mortality uh, is an interesting uh, topic to broach. I try to uh, approach it with humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's the only way. Uh, mm-hmm. We uh, we're all going to die. Uh, I mean that there's no escaping that. And the question is, um, are we going to do it with grace and dignity, or are we going to go out kicking and screaming? So, yeah. Well, it sounds like you had an experience in your family where maybe the estate planning wasn't done to the level that you think it should be done, and so that opens up for uh, people after they die to have their heirs uh, arguing over things and not following the wishes of the person um, who's passed away. So this 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 can happen and, and frequently does, and uh, you know there are numerous causes. Obviously, um, lack of planning uh, or a, a plan that is not spelled out is problematic and can lead to infighting. Uh, additionally, you know, we, no matter how much we um, value people and see the good in them. Uh, oftentimes, money brings out the bad in, in people, and uh, unfortunately, grief definitely affects people different ways. And some people become greedy and self-serving. And if we don't have a clear set of instructions as to what is supposed to happen, and we leave very little, if any, room for interpretation, uh, someone who has, has a, a motivation rooted in greed can definitely take advantage and read a a document that has uh, questionable language. Uh, questionable language is perhaps the wrong word. Um, unclear language mm-hmm. uh, and interpret it in their favor or to the disfavor of someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think um, the word estate planning, I think many people interpret that as only for the wealthy, the word estate means I have a lot of things to pass on to people. But estate planning isn't necessarily for somebody that is leaving a great deal of money. Estate planning can also be certain items that you want to go to certain people. Is that right? That That is correct. So uh, estate, as uh, I use it, does not refer to the palatial estate or the mass amount of wealth. Estate is what you own and what you have to pass on at the time of your death. And so that can be the mega millions, or it can be something as simple as I have a house, uh, you know, our standard everybody, you know, middle-class neighborhood, uh, or, you know, a piece of land, whatever. Uh, but, and I want to do, I have, I have these heirs and I want these wishes to be followed. A common one is we will have multiple children and uh, one child has done better for themselves. Uh, so the parents may want to allow the other child to live in the house for a set number of years uh, prior to hmm. selling the house. Uh-huh. Um, we may give give things to children based on their uh, or heirs. Uh, I don't want to just say children. Uh, we may give things to heirs based on their financial position and their relative level of need. Um, so, estate can mean anything from the grandiose to the very simple. I have uh, 
this small house it has a mortgage on it i want it to i want my daughter to live in it and uh for five years and then they the the children can sell it and split the proceeds after that time um so we we have a, a range of different actions we can take uh and mm-hmm. what we need to do is make sure that they are clearly and concisely drafted into a document so that the there is no room for argument sometimes right. um we draft these really extensive documents with a ton of legal ease and nothing is really clear um and i i believe that some clients value the weight of the document physical weight more so than the clarity um as as attorneys oftentimes people joke with us that we get paid by the word in um the estate planning field i oftentimes find that less is more in that less words give us less places to argue Uh so clarity is king got it well let's move into a little bit about the types of plans um that someone can do i know there's the will, the living trust, there's a revocable trust, um, and the the goal is to make it, well, all I can speak for is myself. My goal uh, in my estate planning was to make it as easy for my children uh, when I pass away to be able to move forward with whatever finances I have and also with whatever property I have. And the word that I didn't want to have happen is probate. And even though I didn't know a whole lot about probate, I knew that that was not something I wanted my children to go through. So um, I I like to think, so I I want to touch on probate, but I'm going to circle back around to probate. I'm going to answer your um, question of plans first. Mm -hmm. So uh, generally speaking, we have the no plan plan, Mm -hmm. which is uh, where someone does nothing. And uh, every state in the union has uh, uh, what we call an intestacy law. And the intestacy law states where your estate or possessions will go and how it will be divided. And it's generally based on uh, familial relationships. Um, So if you have two kids and no spouse, your children will split your estate. Uh, Then we have a will. Uh, A will is where we... um, lay out in great detail where we want assets to go, who we want to have uh, what, but we have no power to delay that gift. So if we have a young child um, and we pass away, young being under the age of majority or a minor, Mm -hmm. uh, we either have to give the gift directly to them or give the gift to a guardian. Uh, And we don't have a lot of ways we can check up on them after uh so those first two the no plan plan and a will uh regardless of how well the will is drafted we will end up in probate then we have what is called a living trust and we have many flavors of uh living trust we won't get into all the exotic uh charitable remainder trust charitable lead trust we won't get into that so okay. for the, the purpose of our conversation here today we have a revocable and an irrevocable living trust. Uh, In a living trust, again, much like a will, we are going to uh, list our assets, we're going to uh, appoint someone to take care of our assets upon our passing, and we are going to uh, specify a distribution. 
uh, as I said, in a will, we, we go to probate, the, the gifts are given, that is, that is the end of the management. In a trust, uh, we appoint a trustee, and we can, we can make some rules uh, that the trustee will follow, uh, specifically addressing, say, a minor child uh, and how distributions would be given to them, uh, what age they need to be to get a full distribution if we want to uh, make a, a staged distribution throughout their lives, if we want to um, require that they go to college. We can, we can write all of those things in to a living trust, and we can um, cause the trustee to uh, either give the gift to that child if they follow our uh, uh, direction, uh, or uh, that gift can lapse and be given to someone else. So it, it does give us a, a great deal of flexibility. In addition, uh, a living trust allows us to plan for what happens if we should become incapacitated, say, uh, be in the hospital on a respirator, which is a kind of a salient point right now, mm -hmm. uh, and how – so we appoint someone to take over our financial affairs to take care of all of our bills that need to be paid, but in addition, take care of our care. So we have a, kind of a, a dual-purpose document in, in a trust takes care of us while we're alive if we're incapable of making decisions, and then it also allows us to take care of uh, minor children, uh, heirs with disabilities, those kind of things uh, after our passing. Okay. Uh, a trust avoids probate, provided that everything, uh, all of our assets, bank accounts, real property, uh, are titled into the, the name of the trust. Mm -hmm. then the trustee should never have to go to probate court. They may just act upon our instructions in our document. Uh, there are rare occasions when a trust may, may be pulled into the probate court. One would be uh, a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. So if any heir uh, or a creditor challenges your trust, uh, we would have to go to probate and have at least a hearing on that. And the trustee, in the case of a... Uh, uh, a direction or an instruction that is uh, difficult to interpret or unclear, the trustee themselves may uh, go to the probate court and ask for uh, direction from a judicial body uh, so that they don't have any liability if they were to get it wrong. Okay. Uh, so. That's and what about the, the revocable trust? So a revocable living trust is designed to, uh, as a, solely as an asset, or um, I'm sorry, solely as an estate planning tool. It is there to marshal all of our assets, avoid probate, and give detailed directions as to where things uh, should go upon your passing. Mm -hmm. uh, revocable means that it can be revoked at any time by the grantor. They can, uh, the grantor being the person who wrote the trust. Mm -hmm. uh, they can uh, revoke the trust, they can amend the trust, they can decide it's not what they want. They have all the freedom to do whatever they want with the property in the trust uh, while they're alive. Uh, there's a saying we like to use, which is, uh, with a revocable living trust, you are the trust and the trust is you. Uh, creating a, a revocable living trust does not change any of your rights as to any property that is in the trust. You may sell, rent, lease, give away anything in the trust, just as you would if it was your own personal property, which it still is. With an irrevocable trust, that is more of an asset protection tool, and we are giving a gift to the trust 
The trust is a separate entity from us. The trust owns the assets, and then we may write our directions. Uh, many times we would uh, write this, uh, an irrevocable trust, to take care of uh, a significant other and possibly uh, young children. Um, there are ways in the state of Nevada to give all of our or all of or a large portion of our assets to an irrevocable trust, yet still be the beneficiary. Uh, so we are protecting our assets from a creditor because we own no assets, uh, but we can still enjoy the bounty of those assets. Um, and that is very high level uh, yeah. discussion, and it would take, yeah. you know, th- there's a lot of. Um, different avenues that can be taken with that, and it depends on someone's specific position. So, um, again, well, that brings up the question, Taylor, whether somebody uh, needs an attorney to do a will or a trust. Uh, so, the, I'm going to give you two answers. One is, in the state of Nevada, you can uh, write your own will as long as you do it all in handwriting and sign it, sign and date. Uh, that's called a holographic will. Uh, and that is perfectly legal. Um, and it, a trust can be uh, created. That you can go to um, LegalZoom or you know any of those online type of websites, and you can create your own trust from a template they give you. Um, so they can be, yes. Uh, but I, I, should I, they be? I looked up those online living trusts, and they don't have – they're not highly recommended – um so the i i we get into uh, with wills and trusts we are dealing with uh property rights um the laws of the state which uh trusts and wills and trusts are each governed by each state individually and we have some complications owning real property uh in other states uh would cause us to uh, with a will, we'd have to open multiple probates. Uh, a court in Nevada cannot uh, issue a binding uh, decree or order that relates to property in another state. So we have a lot of, uh, of moving parts there, and with no one to advise someone, uh, we can create a situation where their assets become tied up in probate for a long time. Mm-hmm. They have... Uh, uh, incorrectly used the laws of a different state, which would make a document perhaps not valid in the the state of their domicile. So uh, while those tools are available, I think the advice and counsel of a good estate planning attorney is invaluable. Uh, There are tax ramifications for uh, certain things. Um, tax advantages to doing things a certain way and uh, you know you can't I don't feel that for most people you can go online click some boxes get a document and yeah. truly understand what it does and have uh, feel comfortable with it that it's actually going to do what you have asked it to do uh, well if somebody if somebody does the holographic will um, that would still go to probate right absolutely so yeah. Yeah. um Again, the no no plan plan right. that will we're going to probate, and so right. um, let's segue into probate for a moment. So the probate process is, is designed to uh, allow a, a point and then allow someone to sign for you after your passing. So to transact your business, to 
let's say that I have a will, I have a house, I have one child. Uh, in the will, uh, my child gets everything. I pass away, and I appoint, say even I appoint my child as the executor of the, of the will. I pass away, she needs, uh, the, the world at large needs to know that her signature transferring my property is valid. And so the probate process is an orderly process of appointing uh, a representative, which if I can parallel this, we do this on our own by appointing a successor trustee in a trust, and we don't need the court's intervention, but mm -hmm. the court approves this person, the uh, administrator or executor of the will, and issues them letters, uh, often called letters of administration or letters testamentary. Those letters authorize that person to transact your business, so to transfer your house to the intended heir, to transfer the house because it needs to be sold, to go to your bank and withdraw your funds and pass them out as they're supposed to. Uh, however, the, the court can't just give someone free license to uh, go collect these assets and transfer them. So the court makes us do several things. We have to do an accounting, which is uh, we have to gather all the assets, list them in a document filed with the court. We then have to uh, file a petition for uh, distribution, which says, uh, pursuant to whatever uh, authority we're, we're, we're operating under, be it the intestacy laws or the terms of the will, uh, pursuant to one of those two authorities, these items should be distributed to these people, and then the court approves or disapproves on occasion that plan, and we're forced to go into an iterative process where we're submitting plans to the court for approval. Well, let me can I let me ask you something about the online living trust kits. Um, would they end up in probate? Uh, so, any trust that is well done or is done at least sufficiently should not end up in probate. Okay. Um, the problem with uh, the online kits is we may have uh, unclear language. We may have, uh, one of the big ones I see is conflicting terms. So people will leave one thing to someone and then try to leave it to a group of people again. Mm. And with conflicting terms, the trustee should not do anything. They then need to go to the probate court for instruction to have that interpreted. Well... It became very clear to me, Taylor, a while back that uh, that I needed to have an expert's advice, and I don't have a ton of things to leave, but the things that I do have are important, and that I needed some expert advice to be able to do this, and therefore um, I went to an attorney to do my will and trust. How much does that usually cost? And I know that we're not uh, getting down to dollars and cents, but give people an overall as to if they went to an attorney or say to yourself to get that advice and to do a trust for them, what do you think the cost would be? So uh, wills and trusts will vary in price based on complexity uh, and, you know, the flavor of trust uh, that, that we're going to do. I would say for your standard living trust, a reasonable price is somewhere between $900 and $1,500, depending okay. on where you've gone. And, you know, uh, if you own lots of real property or you have many heirs and there's a very detailed plan, uh, prices will go up from there. But I, I feel that that is 
a, a reasonable price point in our market. Um, and, and that's for a single person. When you have uh, a married couple, usually the prices are more. I would suggest that uh, with a married couple, you're looking between 1400 and 3000 is in the ballpark, okay. um, depending on your uh, your comfort level with the professional you've chosen. Uh, that gives people a sense of what we're talking about. I think that many people that haven't done a lot of interactions with an attorney think that uh, it would be a lot more than that. I I really wanted to give people a, a sense of how much this is available to so many of us, that this is not a uber-wealthy issue of doing estate planning. It's for just about anybody. Uh, I would agree with that, that it is for 95% of, of, of the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a, a cohesive plan in place is um, recommended. And uh, interestingly, you know, people say I don't have that much, uh, but they may have a house that's worth right. five hundred thousand dollars. Right. Um, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So um, these are things to think about. And I had I had one final comment on Absolutely, probate and sir. wills. Absolutely. Which is when we go through the probate process, everything is public record. So not only do can anyone find out how much you had mm. and 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 what how much and what, but they also will know how much and what goes to whom. Oh wow! Um, this is especially interesting in the uh, the realm of creditors of your decedents or uh, of of your heirs. Should uh, a creditor know that someone's about to get a bunch of money, they can very easily lean that uh, or take it before it gets in their hands. With a trust, one none of that is public information, so no one uh, has the ability. No one outside of the heirs should ever see the document, nor needs to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the trustee has the ability, with what we call a spendthrift spend clause, to delay payments to a beneficiary if they have a creditor issue. And the creditor cannot compel the trustee to disgorge that beneficiary's share of the estate. So we do offer to our beneficiaries some uh, protection from creditors and mm-hmm. uh, you know, offer some additional planning for, for them. So really, um, what I think that we wanted or I wanted to get across to people, you've done fabulously today for us, Taylor, on the wills and the living trust, what they are, um, how someone can avail themselves of the living trust and the will, how it is to our benefit to not go to probate, um, and that it's for our loved ones and our heirs that we want to have a plan. I heard that um, loud and clear from you. Not having a plan is a plan, (laughs) but having a plan is to the benefit of the people that we love. Um, I think that's really what you're saying to us today. Uh, Yes, uh, I believe that uh, planning makes it easier on everyone. Mm-hmm. If we if and we have levels of planning, one one level is to make sure that we have clearly defined who gets what to avoid any infighting. We can do that in a will. We can do that in a living trust. The probate process in Washoe County can take anywhere from um, sim- a, a, a very simple um, probate might take uh, 
eight to ten weeks, and a complicated probate could take upwards of three to five years. Wow. Um, so we have the the one aspect of making sure that everything goes where we want and everything is very clear. And then we have the aspect of how much is it worth to me, the 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 the, the person who's developing the plan. How much is it worth to me to make sure that my family doesn't have to go through a possibly protracted probate process? Right. Right. Um, and really, it's a it's a service to uh, our, our our loved ones to not have to uh, go through a protracted process with possible mm-hmm. fighting. Uh, so I guess in summation, I, I really feel like a properly drafted living trust is, is uh, almost a must-have. And if somebody wanted to talk to you further about this, um, Taylor, where would they call? Uh, so they would call the law offices of Judith A. Otto. Our phone number is uh, 775-827. 6886 and they can ask for me. Perfect. Thank you, Taylor, for this important conversation today. I've appreciated the time you've spent with us. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We've been talking today about estate planning with Taylor Jenkins, a local attorney who specializes in estate planning. Um, again, thank you, everyone, for listening. For a list of our podcasts, please go to accesstohealthcare.org slash podcast and please stay safe everyone and please wear your mask.